0: Welcome to Christian Constitution, the most shocking podcast on the internet, where we're going to talk about the things that your pastor's too uh, scared to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the things that, you know, he's, he's, he can't talk about because it may ruin the, the gravy train. You now that sounds like kind of harsh, but if you'll listen to my podcast, I think you'll see that, yes, my pastor's never talked about that subject, and I can understand why. The reason is is because you, you risk upsetting people and they'll leave. and That's understandable. This is the reason why I do not monetize my podcast. I will never monetize my podcast. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't care if you like it or not. I hope you like it, obviously, but I don't care. In other words, it's not going to affect my bottom line. What we're going to talk about today is the commandment, you shall not bear false witness. Now, of course, the question that needs to be asked is always with one of the commandments is what do we do if someone does bear false witness, you know, or the commandment you shall not steal, what do you do if someone does steal or the commandment you shall not commit adultery, what if someone does commit adultery? In this case, we're going to look at thou shalt not bear false witness and what should be done to those who do bear false witness against others what's going to happen is what you're going to see is I'm going to give a solution to our current health care crisis. Uh, there are, of course, many people who recognize that, that we are in a health care crisis in the United States. Uh, health care costs are out of line. And there's lots of people offering solutions. The typical solution by the Democrat Party is we need to socialize medicine. Now, they don't call it that, but what they're trying to do is socialize it, make it free for all. Uh, There's no such thing as free. Obviously, they have to steal something from somebody else in order to give somebody else uh, free health care. So they've got to steal money from the rich or steal money from somebody to give poor people free health care. Now, the Republicans offer, uh, you know, different ways of handling without socializing or at least to a degree, although there are still politicians talking about, you know, they're going to protect Uh, people that have pre-existing conditions. And that can't be covered without, of course, stealing from someone and giving it to somebody else. Now, I know a lot of people might say, well, you know, those people need help. Well, this is something that should be done through the churches, not through government. Now, that's a different subject. We may talk about some other podcasts. But suffice it for now to say that if we follow the commandment, you shall not bear false witness, and all of the applicable case laws in the Bible referring to that commandment, we could solve a tremendous amount of expenses that are involved with health care. And in fact, with, with just about every consumer product or service, we can substantially reduce the costs uh, if we'll follow the simple commandment. Now, I have to give you the case law and then show you how this works. The case law is... In Deuteronomy, let me pull it up here. It's Deuteronomy 19:15. One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits by the mouth of two or three witnesses the matter shall be established. If a false witness rises against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing then both men in the controversy shall stand before the Lord before the priests and the judges who serve in those days. And the judges shall make careful inquiry, and indeed, if the witness and a, if the witness is a false witness who has testified falsely against his brother, then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother. So you shall put away the evil from among you. Now the Bible here is referring to, false witnessing to testifying falsely against someone or speaking falsely against someone as evil and those who remain shall hear and fear and hereafter they shall not commit such an evil among you so god refers to this uh, false witnessing as extremely evil and he says your eyes shall not pity life shall be for life eye for eye tooth for tooth hand for hand foot for foot in other words if a person false witnesses, now let's, let's go with a, a simple murder case. Now, if someone is uh, on trial for murder and someone witnesses against them and it's found out that that person is falsely witnessed against them, then the, the proper punishment to the false witness is the same penalty that the accused would have received had they been convicted on that false testimony. So, and of course, the Bible talks about the death penalty for murder, and that is correct. And I will do, I uh, will do another podcast on "Thou shalt not murder" and explain all that. It's a very fascinating podcast; you need to hear. But anyway, if it's the death penalty, and someone falsely accuses someone or testifies against them in a death penalty case, they are to receive the death penalty, eye for eye. That's what that means. In other words, the punishment must fit the crime; it must be, it must not be reduced. You know, we heard we hear of. In our judicial system, reduce sentences for you know for admitting uh, a crime or something like that. Um, this is wrong. The God, the, the Bible, I think, kind of forbids this. Uh, you know, if you've done a wrong, you are to be punished according to that wrong, fully and justly, uh, not beyond the punishment, and not beneath it either. But anyway, if you think about it in. If you think about it in terms of what we do in this country today, uh, there's nothing taken before judges. Let's say, for example, and we've all heard, we've all heard of the, the classic case of the woman suing McDonald's for the hot coffee, for burning herself with the hot coffee. Well, I've actually read that case, and as a matter of fact, it was a legitimate case. But on the surface, it doesn't seem legitimate because, well, of course the coffee's hot. Uh, the question is whether or not McDonald's was negligent in informing the customer uh, that the coffee can cause uh, I think it was third-degree burns uh, maybe in first degree I don't I don't remember specifics but anyway uh, the coffee is made hot enough to cause burns and she did spill it the negligence was, would be if the packaging or whatever doesn't have a warning side on it now I don't remember the details in that case of whether or not it did but uh, from what I remember in reading it is that that was a legitimate case uh, but let's say for example a woman uh, or a person goes into McDonald's, buys some coffee. They walk out with the coffee, and they happen to spill it on, the way, on their way out. And then the next customer coming in right as they're walking out slips in the coffee and falls. And then they sue McDonald's for negligence. Well, or, you know, for, for the injuries and whatever else. Now, what happens is you have to establish negligence you know there's no way that McDonald's would have been negligent had the had the uh, coffee been spilled as the moment that the person was walking through the door now had the coffee been spilled and laid in the floor for 10 minutes you know that would be a a negligence on the part of of McDonald's and of course the person falling may have a real suit but here's what's happening in our judicial system we're not following biblical law because If someone brought a suit, let's say someone said, McDonald's was negligent. I slipped and fell on their floor. I'm suing them. The Bible requires us to take the case before judges. In other words, it cannot be settled outside of court because someone could falsely claim that they fail and and got injured. And that would be bearing false witness against McDonald's. So, the case has to go before the judges so that everybody gets a fair trial. So what's happening in our judicial system today is that McDonald's or any other company has to calculate, if we go to trial, we have to pay attorney's fees and the attorney's fees are going to say, let's say, for example, attorney's fees would be 200,000. So they figure out it's cheaper to settle and say, offer the litigant, hundred thousand dollars and it goes away so what's happening is is that so many uh, businesses will settle and what has happened with that is of course lots of what we call ambulance chasing lawyers love to find any case that has some semblance of reality in other words someone actually did get hurt and they will threaten a lawsuit knowing full well that the defendant will settle outside of court there are plenty of lawyers uh, that have they advertise if you've been injured in a in an accident please call us we care. Well, they don't ever go to court. These are these are lawyers that never go to court. But they'll take your case and they'll look at it and they're, you know, they get good at figuring out what is a legitimate case, what is a false case or or a case that they can actually semi make knowing that the company will settle cause it's cheaper to settle than it is to go to court. Well, doctors and, and hospitals have this issue to a much greater degree with, you know, you're when you're dealing with someone's health, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, trying to, uh, heal someone, any kind of surgery that may have a mishap. Well, they go find an attorney and the attorney sues, uh, the doctor's office or the hospital. Well, these lawsuits are very heavy. And this drives up the cost of health care. So what we need in this country is to follow biblical law. Thou shalt not bear false witness. And if you bear false witness, you're to get the same punishment that you were, the accused would have received had they been convicted. Secondly, it must go before the judges. So in other words, it has to go to court. There's no settling such, such things outside of court. This prevents people from false witnessing. It prevents people from bringing suits that are not legitimate. So if it goes, if if someone slips in a McDonald's, uh, you know, floor and falls, they may be less likely to go to court or sue if they don't have a very good case of negligence. And so there's a whole lot fewer cases in McDonald's you know, obviously paying insurance for all these possible lawsuits, they'll have lower insurance, their products will be cheaper, or hospitals. Uh, hospitals have fewer, uh, uh, you know, their liability insurance is outrageous to cover for these lawsuits in, in accidents and so forth. And so these the insurance is going to get a lot cheaper if they didn't have fear of all these lawsuits. And what prevents the lawsuits We need laws on our books that say any lawsuit uh, must go before the judges, must go to court. It ought to have a a jury. The judges in our jurisprudence is a a jury of 12. I can guarantee you, you put some of these frivolous lawsuits in front of a jury of 12, these lawsuits would never make it to court. And uh, you would not, you know, the law should not allow for any settlement has to go to court. Now, if it goes to court, once it's established that they think they've got a good enough case, it goes to court. Another way of preventing frivolous lawsuits is the loser pays the winner's uh, legal fees. So, something like McDo- someone like McDonald's is more likely to go to court and defend themselves when they know there was no negligence. If they know if they win the case, the litigant loses the case. They have to pay the uh, defendant's legal fees. This is following biblical law. This is preventing uh, false witnessing. And a lot of people look at the Ten Commandments and say, well, I I don't bear false witness against somebody. But the problem is is that if you're not working to have a legal system where people can't bear false witness against other people, you are at least uh, guilty of sin of omission, So you didn't commit the sin of bearing false witness, but if you're allowing other people to bear false witness against others and you're doing nothing about it, you're at least guilty of the sin of omission. The problem today is is that too many Christians are taught we're not under law. Law doesn't apply. I mean, that's kind of like being told uh, you're taking a test in your history class in college and the history professor says, well, in chapter 10, Uh, We're not going to go over that particular paragraph on the test. Well, guess what? No one's going to read that paragraph, right? Or we're not going to study chapter 10 in the book. Well, no one's going to read chapter 10. Uh, This is what's happening in in Christian circles. When Christians are told the Old Testament law doesn't apply, guess what? They don't study it. They don't read it. They don't know it. And when they do this, They fall guilty of not understanding what's going on in the New Testament, because much of what Jesus is doing, as I've illustrated in in some other podcasts, is he's applying the the law, every jot and tittle of the Old Testament law. People misinterpret what's going on because they have no clue what the law says. They've not studied it. So any pastor, any preacher that tells you the law doesn't apply, he doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, or... I mean, I, I'm, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't know what he's talking about, or he's scared to death of talking about it because it may run off good-paying customers. Um, to give you an example, I actually had a gentleman who was uh, uh, that I knew who uh, was a diehard, diehard Barack Obama fan. When Barack Obama was running for office, he was so excited. But we would have all kinds of very civil discussions about all kinds of political issues. Well, anyway, he's, he went to church. And he told me, he goes, if the church ever gets political, I'm leaving. The church has never got any business being political in any way. Well, if you follow the Bible, the Bible is a political book. It's a legal book. There's no such thing as separating uh, God's word from law and politics. All politics is religious. All religion is political. So there's no separating them. You know, they say the the two worst things to talk about is politics and religion. Well, it's impossible to talk about uh, politics and religion, or it's 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 impossible uh, to not talk about one without talking about the other. So anyway, the the com- the simple commandment: you shall not bear false witness. What it, what do you do if somebody does fair, uh, bear false witness? They are to receive the same penalty that the person who was the accused would have received upon conviction. And in in keeping with that, obviously, would be, let's say that you actually do believe you have a good case. If you take them to court, you should give them the reasonable ability to defend themselves. And that means if you lose your case, you pay their legal fees. This is keeping the commandment. Now, let me give you another example of the bearing false witness problem that we have. And this is kind of personal because I have my own business and I sell mattresses. Now to give you a little background, the Consumer Product Safety Commission began requiring all mattresses sold in the United States must be flame retardant. And the only way, this started in 2007, and the only way mattress manufacturers can meet the flame standard is by infusing the surface materials with toxic chemicals. Now, once I learned about that, I decided that I didn't want to be making my mattresses with chemicals. So what I did was, uh, there was a loophole in the in the regulation that said if a doctor prescribes a mattress as chemical-free, then it was legal for me to sell one without fire retardancy. So I started getting prescriptions from every single one of my um, uh, customers. Well, there's an, uh, there's a little... Small uh, code in the Virginia tax law. I'm located in Virginia, and in, in the tax code of Virginia, uh, any any medical device prescribed by a doctor is exempt from from state sales tax. And so, having read the little, and it was a straightforward code, uh, you know, by the Department of Taxation, it was real, real straightforward. It was real easy to understand. It was like two paragraphs that explained it. And uh, when I read it, I realized like, this is kind of cool because my, pay- my customers no longer have to pay sales taxes on it either. So it was kind of a selling point. You get a, you get a mattress without chemicals and you don't have to pay sales taxes on it. Well, I, you know, it's not uncommon for the Department of Taxation to do an audit and they, they did an audit on me to make sure that I was reporting all my sales and so forth. And they wanted to know why I was having so many sales without collecting taxes. And of course, I cited to the auditor that the, you know, I had acquired prescriptions for each one that I sold. And the first thing they did was they wanted verification that I had received prescriptions. So, uh, you know, we gathered copies of every prescription that we had obtained and sent it to the auditor's office. And, uh, you know, that was almost a, paramount Paramount admission by them that this was legitimate as long as I had per, acquired prescriptions for each one of them. So after we did all that, they, they decided that my product didn't qualify under the law and that I owed them something like $160,000 of uncollected sales tax. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. I don't owe them this. The legal code says a prescribed... Uh, device or, uh, you know, anything that's uh, prescribed by a doctor for a medical issue was exempt. It was a straightforward legal statute. So, of course, I appealed it, and they said, nope, you owe it, and they started collecting $2,000 a month until we settled it, you know, through the court system, because I told the auditor, I was like, I don't owe this, and I'm getting an attorney, and I'm going to fight it. And the attorney, of course, said that you have a decent case. So he took the case and he, uh, you know, it finally came down to going to a du- a judge, a preliminary hearing. And then a judge basically said to my attorney, you and the attorneys of the Virginia Department of Taxation need to settle this. So he came back to me and said, you know, this is what the judge said. We need to settle this. By this time, they had already collected about $22,000 from me, 2000 each month uh, of the hundred and sixty or $80,000 they said I owed. And I told him, I was like, I don't owe this. You've read the statute. You know I don't owe it. They know I don't owe it. And I think I have a, an absolutely legitimate case. He says, yeah, I agree with you, but we don't know what the judge is. If you, if you take it to court before a judge, you don't know what the judge is going to decide. So we should settle. And so I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And I said, well, I told the, I told my attorney, I was like, you go back to the attorneys of the, uh, department of taxation and I will settle for $25,000, not a penny more. We're going to court. And then the, their attorneys came back and said, we'll take it. So they settled for $25,000 when they claimed I owed 160 or $80,000 in back taxes. Now, so what the Department of Taxation did was they bared false witness against me, claiming willy-nilly, pulling it right out of the air, despite the fact that the statute says that my products were prescribed for a particular medical issue would not be taxable. But they just willy-nilly decide on their own uh, to bear false witness against me, hoping that, you know, heck, I'll just pay it. Or they know, even if it goes to court, they know judges who are overburdened in, in um, you know, court cases are always gonna say, you guys need to settle it. Now this goes against biblical law. The Bible, of course, clearly says, take it before the judges. The case should never have been thrown back and said, y'all settle it. Uh, if we follow biblical law, the judge would have said, yep, yeah, you're gonna have to bring the case and, and, and each party gets their day in court, their day of, of defense. See the Department of Taxation knows it doesn't work that way, so they they go ahead and make an effort to get money out of me. And see, this is why, how they get away with false witnessing, and you know, in a lot of ways, you can really call it a form of extortion, because the Department of Taxation knew full well I didn't owe that money, but why not try to get it out of me, right? So that's what they tried to do. And see, this, you know, I ended up paying close to $25,000 in legal fees and $25,000 to uh, the Department of Taxation, $50,000 for something I didn't know, but they can get away with it because we don't follow biblical law. They can just try it and probably get some money out of me. And they did. And, you know, when I offered 25,000, I mean, would you take 25,000? If I really literally owed you $160,000, probably not. And I knew when they settled for twenty-five out of out of uh, out of court a settlement. I knew that I didn't know it, and I, I knew before going into it I didn't know it. Well, another way this can be applicable if we follow biblical law is in our political arena. You know, politicians all the time will bear false witness against their opponent for an office. Well, if you had a situation where if a person running for office has their their opponent bear false witness against them and make claims that's not true, if we had biblical law, he would have the opportunity to uh, defend himself, take him to court for uh, defamation. We have defamation, you know, legal means of, of defense, which, you know, does say something about a semblance of biblical law in our judicial system, but these cases must go before judges or before a jury and of course if if they had the opportunity to defend themselves with the accused i mean you know the defendant being able to pass off his legal expenses on the person that is accusing them they're less likely to the they're less likely to accuse them of something that's not true right so it's preventative of bearing false witness, but the way the legal system works today, uh, people can get away with bearing false witness, and it—you know—people have no recourse against it because we don't follow biblical law. I hope this makes sense. Uh, this is information you won't get in your average church. They're, uh, like I said, they're either scared of teaching this or they don't know a thing about it. It's probably a great mixture of both. Uh, Of course, then again, you know, a lot of these uh, pastors went to seminary school and they probably were told, uh, you won't have any tests on Old Testament law because it doesn't apply anyway. Uh, I've never been to seminary, so I am making an assumption there. But anyway, there seems to be a a common theme that uh, every church I've ever been to says we're not under any law. And uh, they're dead wrong on that. Hope this didn't shock you too much. Hope it's helpful. But, you know, it's why would we not want to follow God's law? It helps us. We live in freedom. We live in prosperity. There's justice. There's fairness in your society if you follow God's law. Uh, We are following man's law. Uh, Man's law is now being used to extort money out of businesses. Uh, You just so much as spill coffee on you and you can go sue and get filthy rich. Uh, And the attorneys love this because they're getting filthy rich. They get a large chunk of whatever they can settle for, and you know their work is real easy. But it's not fair, and it's not just to the victims, to the McDonald's or the hospitals, the doctor's offices that have to pay high premiums. And, of course, we're all paying for it. We all pay for it in the prices of the products and services we get, and it shouldn't be. Thank you so much for listening. This was Lee Carter. I am. Uh, this is a Christian Constitution, the most shocking podcast on the internet. I hope you enjoyed it. Please check out my other podcasts where I talk about. I'm going to continue to talk about the, all of the commandments. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is Thou shalt not murder. I'm going to give you some really neat stuff on that to show you. Uh, people have never seen again because they've never studied it. Thank you so much for listening.